This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No days off! You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Tampa making NFL history as the only team to ever win its home stadium. I think the leadership that Tom brings, it changed our entire football team. We're the number one rush defense in the league, man. Mahomes looking, looking, under pressure, throws the ball upfield, it is knocked away at the 50-yard line. Intercepted. Would you have guessed that you'd get to Tampa, and when the Super Bowl ended, the ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady? All right, we're going for two, and we ain't stopping. You beat COVID, and you beat every damn team we lined up against. I can't thank the players, families, enough for all the support during this crazy-ass year that we had to put up with. Someone has run on the field, some guy with a bra, arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Pull up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. And Kevin, if you're going to run that far, get into the end zone. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. Let's strap on the pads and hit somebody, shall we? Kids. Misses. And messes. What in the f*** was that? Time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence. We are hearing from listeners, hearing from listeners all over the United States, even north of the border, our friends to the north in Canada, as well as internationally. I just got a, a tweet, I think it was from St. Martin. So how about that? The digital power of the internet to be able to keep you company with your favorite radio show, our favorite radio show, Uh, wherever you are and however you listen there, it seemingly, at least from the people who've responded so far, are just as many people listening via the Odyssey app or other digital options like TuneIn Radio as there are people listening on an actual terrestrial radio station. So whether you're listening to one of our great affiliates or whether you are tuned in on an app or with Sirius XM satellite radio, we're so glad to have you. I'm always excited to work holidays because it helps us to connect in a different way. Plus, there's nobody here in the office much. It's great. Uh, Producer Carlos, of course, Shep, who was working the earlier show, he's around. Dexter Henry is here uh, and a couple of people who work on our local stations, meaning we're based in lower Manhattan, New York City, and we share studios with about six or seven local stations on the New York side. And so there's a few people milling around somewhere. Somebody delivered, I haven't seen it yet. Somebody delivered a huge Thanksgiving spread. And so when I walked in, there were people who were carrying plates of leftovers uh, by me 
And so David Shepard said, hey, there's a huge Thanksgiving spread in, in the kitchen. I don't think I want any more Thanksgiving food right now. I will. I brought some leftovers back to my house from uh, the friend's the Friendsgiving that I attended, so kind of them to send me home with food. And then I came home with not a lot of leftovers from my dishes. So the apple crisp, huge hit. It was gone very quickly. Uh, made it in a crock pot while I was there. It was it was warming up while I was there. We were eating dinner and stuff. And so just opening up the top of the crock pot, the cinnamon and the apples, it just oh, it smelled so good. So that was always a big hit. And then there was ice cream to go with that. My oatmeal butterscotch cookies were almost gone when I left. So I just, I, I, sa- I had saved a few of the ugly ones. If you're, if you're a baker or you do any baking, it seems like some of them turn out ugly. And so I never share the ugly ones with people unless I know they're not going to hold it against me and judge me for my ugly cookies. Uh, and so I, I had a few of them that came off the cookie sheet in pieces. They just weren't quite together. So I saved those pieces uh, to share with people in my neighborhood and my neighbors, but also to eat myself. But I took the rest of the cookies to my friend's home. And then I made this seven-layer Mexican dip. First time trying it. It was awesome. So here were the layers. Refried beans, a guacamole that I whipped up, and it was just, it was avocado, it was lime juice, and it was salt and pepper. So it was pretty easy. But a layer of refried beans, then the avocado, then sour cream mixed with taco mix. It was oh, So it had a little bit of that flavor to it. Then shredded cheese. And diced tomatoes and olives as the as the top two layers. My best friend, this is her recipe, my best friend in Atlanta, she actually said onions, but I didn't put onions on mine. I, I don't know why. It didn't feel right. For an appetizer before Thanksgiving, producer Carlos, I was worried that people wouldn't eat it because they wouldn't want onions that early in the day. But it was actually a big hit. Now, I, I probably made too much. I made like a, a big... Uh, what are those, a dish of it, one of those Pyrex dishes, but like a, uh, is it like a nine by nine by six, nine by something? Anyway, I made one of those. And so I have half of that left. So next week it's going to be here because I need people to eat it. (laughs) So I had two things. One was where's the dip? And two, you well, had I me. Know. I figured you'd be full. I figured everyone would be full it tonight. It sounds amazing. Oh, it's good. It's really the, good. The only thing that you lose me with it is just the olives. I, I, I probably would have taken it with the onions instead of the olives, but everything else sounds well, like the, a there, it's not like the there was a solid layer of olives. It was more scattered on the okay, top. So you, you could, could easily, easily eat avoid it. With, it yes, right. I did that on purpose because not everyone likes tomatoes. Not everyone likes olives. So yes, they were more scattered. So if you tell me when you're going to be here next week, we'll do one of those handoffs where I'll bring some in. I'll put it. In the fridge you can grow grab it then and you'll have it and it's it's so good the avocado stays fresh or doesn't turn brown because it's in between layers of other stuff i'm very excited oh yeah okay good we'll we'll work that out so those are my three contributions to the friends giving and they were they were popular so i was happy even though they didn't see the ugly cookies <laughs> it's after hours with amy lawrence on cbs sports radio again find me on twitter a law radio I want to know where you're listening and how you're listening. And we're glad to connect with you on this Thanksgiving. The post is also up on our Facebook page. After Hours with Amy Lawrence, we're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, we're going to get to some of your calls. I see a couple of you want to weigh in, so that's cool. 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. But that's... After we talk about the one divisional matchup, it was the, well, it was the 
turkey in the middle of your sandwich. <laughs> it was the middle game of the triple header, Giants at the Cowboys. Now, this was critical for a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, it's an NFC East matchup, and every team in that division is above 500. So there's very little wiggle room. It's funny because usually we're talking about the NFC East where all the teams are below 500 or nobody gets any separation because they all stink or they're all mediocre. Not this year. All four of these teams are playoff caliber, even the commanders. And I I know they've gone through some various uh, iterations at quarterback, but that defense is stout. Ron Rivera is a great coach. The team itself has wonderful chemistry, and I love that about the commanders. So while they're fighting uphill and kind of climbing out of the basement, they're still above 500, and they've played really well since Taylor Heineke took over as their quarterback. They actually, they respond to him well. They they really do. He brings a lot of energy, a lot of life. He brings that underdog mentality too, which I think speaks well to the commanders as a whole in the NFC East. The Giants had just lost last week and they didn't play well. Uh, remember, they played the Lions and this game was at MetLife Stadium. Giants fans were fired up. And what happens? Well, good things come in threes for the Lions. Three takeaways and three Jamal Williams touchdowns. All right, so that was what the Lions did to beat the Giants a week ago in the New York area. As for the Cowboys, well, we know they were coming off that 40-3 to drubbing, demolishment. Is that a word? Demolish? Demolition. Oh, <laughs> there I go making up words. It typically happens on holidays. Oh, who am I kidding? It happens all the time. So that 40-3 <laughs> demolition of the uh, Minnesota Vikings last week, right? So we got all these tangled webs in the NFL. So into our Thanksgiving comes an NFC East clash. And New York played well in the first half. In fact, the Giants had the lead at the half over these Dallas Cowboys, even though this game was in Arlington. Jones takes the snap, he's back to throw. He's going to take a deep shot down the right sideline for Slayton. He leaps, makes the catch. Did he get in? Touchdown. Yeah. Oh, no, they say he's down at the one. He jumped over the defender. Anthony Brown hauled it in, but they say he's down at the one-yard line. It's a gain of 44. Barkley in a one-back set. Galladay tight to the left. Jones takes the snap. Hand off Barkley. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants. And they answer the Cowboys' score with a Barkley run of his own. And Saquon puts the Giants up 9-7 with 9.28 to go in the half. Deneau is set. Gill in the hold from 47 off the left hash. Snap is good. Kick on its way. Drifting to the right. And it curls in. And it's good. As the clock goes to 0-0 at the half, Giants, heavy underdogs, have the lead 13-7. That's Bob Papa on Giants Radio. So into a little bit of NFC East clashing, we had Daniel Jones and we had Graham Gano actually. 57-yard and 47-yard field goals in the first half. And that second one was set up by a Dak Prescott interception. So a pair of Dak interceptions in this first half. Uh, and, and that kind of stunted the Cowboys' offense. They were also stuffed on fourth and two. So there was a decision by... It actually was discussed widely at my Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, well, we were post-dinner. We were dessert round now. But the Giants and Cowboys were on, and people were asking me, why is Mike McCarthy going for it on fourth and two? And I said, well, it's it's a combination of things. Number one, it's what everyone's doing in the NFL now, and the NFL's a copycat league. And number two, McCarthy trusts that defense. 
He's okay giving up field position if they don't convert a fourth and two. Yes, he trusts the offense, which is why he's going for it. But he also has great faith in the Cowboys' defense. So, yeah, Dallas, it it was one step forward, two steps back in the first half. They were stuffed on fourth and two, the DAC interceptions. They also had a penalty that negated a late interception in the second quarter off Daniel Jones. So, uh, Daniel Jones threw, I can't remember who picked him off. Um, It made it, was it, I don't know if it was Trayvon Diggs, but the flag was on Diggs. So, Diggs picked up a flag for holding or illegal contact or something, and that penalty negated the takeaway as well. And so, yes, you had a Giants lead 13-7 to at the half. Dallas changed the narrative in the second half. From the very first moment the Cowboys touched the ball in the second half, this was a completely different ball game. I'm just going to give you the numbers on this first drive of the second half. Are you ready? 14 plays, 75 yards, 7 minutes and 39 seconds with the football. Do you know how dog-tired the Giants' defense was when that got done? And what happens? It's a short possession for the Giants when they finally get a hand, their hands on it and they throw their defense right back out there. It was an avalanche against the Giants' defense. They were sucking wind. They were leaning over, hands on knees. And that's a tribute to the way the Cowboys were able to dominate the ball in the second half. So ball control is the name of the game. In the NFL, in 2022, everybody wants to control the ball. That's why we're seeing – did you know – this is crazy – Highest number of rushing yards per carry in NFL history this season. At last check, it was four and a half yards per carry in the NFL. But the number, and the number may have, have uh, may have moved up or down a little bit, but it's the most rushing yards per carry of any season in, in NFL history. And it's the fewest number of yards per reception in the NFL this year. So those numbers are because more and more teams want to run first. More and more teams are focusing on the ball control game because what does it do? It keeps the other offense off the field and also wears out the opposing defense. So, yes, Dallas dominated the second half with that first drive, and it just got better for Dallas from there. Shotgun snap to Prescott, back to pass, looking, throws left corner of the end zone. That's caught for the touchdown. Dalton Schultz. He beat Nick McLeod to the back left corner of the end zone, and Dak dropped a dime. 7.21 to go third quarter. We're tied at 13 with the extra point coming up. Cowboys going no huddle again. Play fake. Prescott rolling right side to throw. That's caught. Dalton Schultz diving to the end zone. Touchdown, Cowboys. Second touchdown catch of the game for Dalton Schultz. And the Dallas lead is 7 with 2.02 to go in the third quarter. Cowboys 20, Giants 13. Second down and goal from the 2. Here's a handoff sweeping left into the end zone for the touchdown. They handed it off to Hendershot, the tight end. And he scampers in for 6. Cowboys extend the lead. 8.53 to go. It's now 27-13 Dallas. Ryan Radke on Westwood 1. Second half, three drives in a row, three touchdowns for the Cowboys, 21 unanswered points. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. The Giants had opportunities. They actually went forward on a fourth and one as well, and Jones was off the mark to Saquon Barkley. He was 
I wouldn't say it was wide open, but there was one guy standing between him and the end zone. And I would generally take Barkley in that case. Um, but the ball was behind him. Instead of being out in front of him, Jones just misfired. And so Barkley tried to turn and grab the ball, but couldn't hang on to it, fell over. And that was a fourth and one. And so the Cowboys, again, not only were they able to put together extended offensive drives, but their defense would, was just continually giving the ball right back to the offense and Dak Prescott. And because of that, they would get short fields and the Giants defense just wore down. That third Dallas drive was nearly six minutes, right? 80 yards, 10 plays, six minutes. So think about the number of of minutes that the Giants defense was on the field in that second half. Ultimately, the time of possession was, I think it was plus nine minutes overall for the Cowboys. But yeah, they were four for four in the red zone. Dak Prescott, other than the two picks, had a really strong game. 169 rushing yards for the Cowboys, which really feeds right into, haha, feed Zeke, really feeds right into the Cowboys' choice to, to get the ball control game working in that second half. And so this was a big deal for them uh, to be able to kind of exert their will in halftime. Once they were out of uh, once they were out of the locker room, you could see a different Cowboys team. So we'll hear from a bunch of different Cowboys, but we'll start with Dak Prescott, who loves what he sees from his receivers, and that includes Ceedee Lamb, who's quickly becoming not just the number one guy, but his receiver of choice. I'm as confident as I can be and have and always have been in this team. Um, as I told y'all earlier in the week, that doesn't matter who says anything about what they believe in. I know what this team is capable of, especially with this defense that we have. Uh, so we just got to continue to keep our heads down, take it one, one day at a time, one game at a time. And as I said, we control everything that's in front of us. Proud of the team uh, for getting it done today. You know, division game, um, you know, a lot of back and forth. And and I know we're going to get into it, but you know, to, to win a game um, when you have you know two to one penalties of your opponent, you know that's it, that's uh, obviously not where you want to be. Uh, but I think it speaks to our ability or our capability as a team. Excellent division win game we had to have, and um, you know I I love the fight of the team, you know, and and really what tried to break their you know their method. Um, and one of the things I'm talking about is you know controlling the ball was a, was a big focus for Boom. us today. I thought Kellen did a really good job staying patient. I thought Dan Dan stayed aggressive. Um, so a lot of good things, but you know just the self inflicted wounds we we got to we got to got to improve and, and learn from today's mistakes. Mm. So he mentions the flags. Yeah, 13 penalty flags for 86 yards. One step forward, two steps back in that first half. As I say, they had. A couple of penalties, that one even that negated an interception or a takeaway. And even in the postgame locker room when they were exulting and yelling and everybody's excited and, and McCarthy's smiling, he does mention the flags there as well. So that's got to be a major point of emphasis because against, now this was a quality opponent. I'm not saying the Giants aren't good. But up against a team, say, in the postseason where you're one and done, you do not want to have that many mistakes and moments in which you lose discipline and lose focus. Now, I'm going to resist the idea that this is the Beckham Bowl that annoys the crap out of me. No, these are two teams that are fighting for not just position in the NFC East, but maybe the difference between a division title and a wild card. Right now, the Eagles are sitting at 9-1, and but the Dallas Cowboys with this win are 8-3. and The Giants fall to 7-4. and They've lost back-to-back games. 
So stop it with a Beckham Bowl, as if that's the most important thing to come out of this Thanksgiving Day matchup between the Giants and Cowboys. However, the questions persist. Dak Prescott was asked about Odell Beckham Jr. during the week, and he mentioned he's recruiting him. We know Micah Parsons is busy recruiting him. A lot of the Cowboys are reaching out. So what's the latest? Well, Dak didn't even know. Jerry Jones actually caught him by surprise. You'll hear that coming up. Plus, Saquon Barkley on back-to-back losses for New York. And am I the only one that thinks Brian Dable might spontaneously combust on the sidelines? I mean, he gets so fired up and he gets so red that I almost feel like we're about to see him go poof. It just that would that'd be something they do on Nickelodeon. Could you imagine if they were doing a, a Giants game on Nickelodeon and they have all those funny like special effects and and um, cartoon uh, effects over the top of people? Could you see Brian Dayball? They like he explodes into a, like a big red ball. Or because it's Nickelodeon, they'll turn him green and have like that ooh, that slime that they oh, do yes. on Double Dare. Oh, he definitely oozes slime when he's upset. You can see it coming out of his mouth. So, again, Odell Beckham Jr. update, the Giants locker room, and we'll get your calls. 855-212-4227. On Twitter, on Facebook, so glad that so many of you are listening and weighing in after a busy Thanksgiving Day of football. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Second down a goal for the two. Here's a handoff sweeping left touchdown they handed it off to Hendershot the tight end and he scampers in for six Cowboys extend the lead 853 to go it's now 27 13 Dallas it's after hours with Amy Lawrence Amy's taking your calls at 855-212-4CBS Once they hit the second half, Dallas found another gear, and it revolved around ball control, extended drives, and, of course, that vaunted defense. If you're wanting to watch it as though you've never seen it before, Giants and Cowboys just now starting on NFL Network. It's one of the reasons I love NFL Network is because you very often get full replays of games during the week, and on the nights where there are primetime games, they replay them very quickly. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So on Twitter, A Law Radio, retweeting a bunch of your posts as you tell us uh, how you're listening and where you're listening. And then on Facebook, too, I haven't had a chance to go through and read them all, but man, we have people all over the country and all uh, north of the border and also uh, internationally, which is super cool. Now, you may not think the Cowboys need another receiving option. And Dak Prescott, Prescott, excuse me, is not sure they need one. However, he definitely has been part of the process to recruit Odell Beckham Jr. So you're going to hear from him. We did, we heard him say it multiple times during the week. But the funny part is how Jerry Jones got him. Uh, Jerry delights in being the number one guy on the food chain. Let's be fair. He really does delight in doing things his way, right? (laughs) So Ryan Radke on Westwood one with that call of the third straight touchdown drive for the Cowboys in the second half. They've got CeeDee Lamb over 100 yards. They've got multiple tight ends. Uh, Dalton Schultz catches two touchdowns in this game. They've got Zeke. They've got Tony Pollard. And yet they want 
Odell Beckham Jr., which is, I mean, what do you do with the guy? But they want him. We're playing like that, and you're able to add a talent like Odell. That can be special. Obviously, that just creates more weapons for not only me, but for this offense, for the play caller, more things for the defense to worry about. So we're getting him in. Hopefully, uh, everything's going great in the recruiting process. He knows how much I've won him here, and a lot of these guys in this locker room I've seen have reached out on their own and in different ways to make sure that, yeah, he understands that this is a team that he can help, and we want him to come help. We had a good visit today. Today? In person? That's it. In person? That's it. He talked to him today? (laughs) He's not stopping. Um, (laughs) Which which is good. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure Jerry did a great job of it. in front of microphones saying, oh, yeah, uh, we want him. I'm texting him. We have a great offense, but I'd love to add him. And then reporters trot over to Jerry, and Jerry drops the bombshell with, we had a nice visit today. And everybody does a double take and said, wait, what? You talked to him today? That's it, Jerry says. That's enough. That's all I'm giving you. Just a nibble. Just a little bit of bait to keep you hooked. And so they run back to Dak. Wait, he talked to him today? That's so good. Wait, can we hear that again? So if you want to play the, the Jerry and Dag together again. <laughs> we had a good visit today. Today? In person? That's it. In person? That's it. He talked to him today? <laughs> He's not stopping. Um, <clears throat> which, which is good. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Jerry did a great job of it. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, Jerry Jones likes to be full of surprises, does he not? Uh, Let's talk to Kevin, who's listening in Texas. Kevin, welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Do we have Kevin? I thought I understood the the rules of football pretty good, but apparently apparently, apparently not. (laughs) But uh, so just real quick, so one foot down, complete foot down, and, and dragging one toe, that's in the field of play and a catch. Uh, dragging two toes is in the field of play and a catch. But apparently one heel down and the ball of the foot down is not a catch. Yeah, it has um, to do with the timing. Uh, it, 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 so his toe was down, but his heel was down at the same time is what the re- – the, and you're talking about a particular C.D. Lamb catch. Going back and looking, and they did show the close-ups and all that jazz. I give these officials so much credit because they're doing this at game speed. But the point was that he didn't just have his toe down. He had his toe inbounds and his heel out of bounds, and they can't be simultaneously touching, right? So the toe would have to be down first before that heel, and they determined based on the replay that the foot came down at the same time, right? So meaning he wasn't toe drag swagging. He was stepping, and his heel was out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a toe drag, but his ball, the ball of his foot was on the ground before his heel went down out of bounds. I mean, how but, can you see that, man? On a replay, how can you see well, that? No, like, it, it certainly like looks like it certainly looked like part of his foot was out of bounds, even as his toe was inbounds. None of your none none of you can be out of bounds, or none of your feet can be out of bounds in order to make it a, a legal catch. I mean, he would have had to have his toe down first and and have that be kind of like on his tippy toes which we see from from receivers or falling out of bounds without the heel touching and it looked like it was happening at the same time yeah yeah basically uh, i think the reason they called it it was because they were trying to consider it a 
well, you know, it was a it was a step and not a toe drag because the ball right. of his foot touched the ground and then his heel touched the ground out Dude, of bounds. The ball of just, the it, ball of your foot and your heel are attached. They don't. They don't. There's not a joint there. If the ball of your foot is down, then your heel is down too. Okay. okay, you try it, Kevin. Wherever you are in your car, like try try that. Try putting the ball of your foot down and not your heel, and tell me how that goes. You might pull a ligament trying, but try that. That was the point: is that only your toe. So there's a joint, obviously, where your toe pads are, the pads of your toes, and so you can you can step up on your tippy toes. You can drag your toes and not have your heel down at the same time. But once the middle of your foot, the ball of your foot is down, your heel is down as well. So again, I don't know how you can possibly do that, but if you figure it out, I think you might be a circus act. That'd be kind of cool. All right. <laughs> uh, well, my whole point was you can drag the top of your toes, but apparently not the bottom of your toes. Well, so no, that, you can drag your point. toes. You cannot drag the ball of your foot and the heel. It, as you you just said, Kevin, it can't be a step. It has to be toes. You have to be on your toes, and he wasn't. It was a step with the whole foot. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. You, I mean, I'm not sure if you're a Cowboys fan or a, are you a Cowboys fan? Well, I am. I okay. mean, and it, and it didn't make a difference. Yeah, in the how game. can it's you just... possibly quibble with anything in this game? This was an amazing display in the second half by by Dallas. Well, I quibble because it should have been a catch, but you know that's just. Now, well, if if C D <laughs> Lamb had dragged his toe, it would have been a catch. All right, you are uh, yeah. you are like. I mean, it's Happy Thanksgiving Day. How about be happy about your eight and three team? <laughs> Okay. okay, I'm happy. <laughs> All right, good. I feel like All I've right, accomplished thanks. something here. Okay, happy All Thanksgiving right. to you, Kevin. Yep. <laughs> yep. He says, yep. He's still not going to let it go, for heaven's sakes. I, I don't I don't feel like Cowboys fans, if you're complaining after the last two weeks, then you might be way too hard to please, okay? All right, we did that call, so we're going to get to the Giants comments after. I was too tickled by the whole Jerry dropping his little tidbit and and all the reporters running back to Dak. Hey, you talked to him today. <laughs> anyway, we'll let you hear from Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball, who thankfully did not spontaneously combust. Uh, we'll also get to Brandon in LA. We still haven't even, I mean, I looked at the schedule last hour, but just to give you the quarterback news, on, there's so much that's changing and in flux as we head into the bulk of week 12. Also, I'm a little worried about Von Miller. Not sure about you, but he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. And the comments, or I guess the initial reports, are that he avoided something serious. But, it, man, it looks scary when they first got him off the field. So we still have to get to Bills and Lions, which really set the table. Uh Uh-huh. Do you like that? Pun intended. Thank you. Producer Carlos and I are on the same wavelength. If it's all about the food, if it's food, it's for us. Um, and so so we still have to get to that very early game. In fact, for those of you on the West Coast, it was 9.30 in the morning for Bills and Lions. You were probably still breaking your pies out of the oven. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Like he's going to kick it to the near side. Hits a ground ball that way. It is touched and recovered by C.D. Lamb. He reached out with both hands, kind of knocked that ball down in front of him, and then jumped on top of it. And now the Cowboys will come out, and they just need to take a knee to put this one in the books. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
It was all she wrote once the Cowboys had scored three consecutive touchdowns, 21 unanswered points. And, yes, the the Cowboys did give up a touchdown late. I have no idea how that affected the betting line, only that the Giants were finally able to get into the end zone. But it was too little too late. As you're here with Ryan Radke on Westwood One, I think my favorite part was the whack-a-mole with the Dallas Cowboys tight ends. Although I'm pretty sure you get fined if you go in the uh, Salvation Army cauldron. The I, I think that you it's I feel like I remember that in the past where Zeke got in the the barrel and got fined, but generally the guys do they give uh, that money to charity, so that's cool on Thanksgiving. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I wish I could read all of these tweets and posts. Where are you? How you're listening? I asked you, and you're blowing up our social media now, so thank you. We've got all parts of the country. We've got north of the border. We've got someone in, I think he said the Bahamas, someone else in St. Martin. And so we, we've we got people even outside of the country. Oh, it was Aruba, not the Bahamas. We've got people outside of the country. Uh, it's It's cool to connect with so many of you on a Thanksgiving night. And I know we're talking football, but way more importantly, far more importantly on Thanksgiving are the family, the friends, the fellowship, the faith, the food, the fun, those things, they really do outrank the football. But I love that we get the football tradition as well. All right, from the New York Giants, they ended up losing now back-to-back games. And while this one didn't have the turnovers or the Jamal Williams touchdowns. What it did have was the second half in which the Dallas Cowboys offense just was able to control the game. And they've got to look forward now after dropping two in a row. You got to credit these last two games, play some really good teams, especially Dallas. Um, we just got to get back to the drawing board, um, continue to believe in each other, uh, and you know, take a couple of days off, get our mind ready, uh, and get our body ready to, uh, to come back for the the rest of the season, I got to do a better job. I got to go back, watch film, see what I can do better, if I can give you a better answer. But just off the first thought process is, you know, when the running game's not working, it starts with the running back. So I got to be better there too. Every loss hurts. You seem a little more frustrated today, though. Yeah, I think we missed some opportunities. We've got to do a better job. starts with me. We've been missing some um, bigger plays. That, that usually help in the run game. We just we just haven't popped through there, or you know, the blocking, the running, the, the design. We got we got to do a better job all the way around. I'd say with the run game, come back on Monday and, and get ready to play another division game. Um, you know they get they don't get any easier. Um, each week is tough, and you know we'll stick with you know our practice, our preparation, all the things that we need to do to to try to go ahead and give us an opportunity to to win a game. Can you believe that it's week 12? As I hear Brian Dayball talk about what's next and division games, and I think about the next time we see Giants and Cowboys on the field following this mini bye, it's week 13, and it's December. Carlos, how can it possibly almost be December? I I know that people are already, uh, friends of mine, people in my neighborhood already decorating for Christmas, And Friday is Black Friday. So for those of you who are awake on your Friday, it's not quite the same as it was pre-pandemic because more and more people do their shopping online. But there's there's Black Friday, there's Saturday Small Business, there's Cyber Monday. And so there are a lot of people who are going to be shelling out money for Christmas gifts. People are traveling like they haven't since 2019. But how is it almost December? Yeah, so a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go to the Commander's Giants game. And they're like, 
it's December 4th. I'm like, okay, well, remind me in a couple weeks. They're like, no, that's next Sunday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding me. There's that's no crazy. way it's already December. This year flew by. It did. It really did. I mean, it's good and it's bad, right? It means you're busy and, and life is moving and shaking, but it's sometimes it's hard to let it go, and I, I want to move on uh, a little more slowly. Actually, this is a significant year for me. And so in our latest edition of Ask Amy Anything, we did a video for our YouTube channel. If you want to check it out, it's posted. It's actually posted on Twitter and Facebook, but it's also you can go directly to our YouTube channel. Um, Producer Jay fielded questions. And one of the things he asked me was, what are you thankful for in 2022? I didn't say this in the video, but it's a milestone year for me. This is my 20th year in sports radio. Yeah. And by the time, thank you, Carlos. And by the time we get to the end of, 2022 CBS sports radio will mark its 10th year as a network. This is our 10th birthday coming up on January 1st, 2023. It's our 10th birthday, which is, I mean, that blows me away. I never thought I would say I worked for one company for 10 years. It's never happened, but it was the best career move I ever made leaving my previous network and joining this fledgling startup called CBS sports radio. And so much has changed, but there are a few of us that are still here from day number one, not my bosses, and I think of my bosses all the time, my former bosses, Eric Spitz and Mark Chernoff. They gave me the opportunity of a lifetime and said to me, we don't want you to be anything but Amy. We don't want you to be more like the guys. We don't want you to be do this sh- on your show or this on your show. We just want you to be Amy. And the confidence that that gave me, it was, it was almost like permission to fly, permission to be me and do what I thought was best for my show. The only thing Mark ever said to me, and he's, he's always been a big fan, though he's not here anymore, he only said to me, can you take more phone calls? Fine, Mark. This is for you on Thanksgiving. Brandon's in L.A. Welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Amy, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Brandon. Great show. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say uh, I had an interesting night last night. Uh, Went to a restaurant in Dallas and hung out with uh, Justin Jefferson, actually. So that was interesting. Wait, how did Justin Jefferson get to Dallas when he was playing a game in Minneapolis? Sorry, I, I met, uh, yeah, I met Minnie. Sorry. You met who? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I met Minneapolis, yeah. So you're in L.A., but you were at a bar in Minneapolis? So, Brandon may have been tipping back the <laughs> tipping back the beverages at his Thanksgiving a little. Whatever more. state he was, he was probably overserved. So he told you he was in L.A. So he told me he was in. Uh, he told me he was from L.A. And then he told when I picked him up the second time, he told me he was in Dallas. So I said, "All right, you're you're from L.A., but you're in Dallas. I'll just put you're from L.A. Right?" And okay. He's like, "Okay." So and then he, I now picked he up teleported. the phone. He teleported. He teleported. I picked up the phone. And not only, there's two problems with his story. And maybe he's thinking of a different athlete. But either way, there's two problems. Number one, um, he said he was in Dallas and the Vikings are in Minneapolis. In fact, they've been in Minneapolis. They, they weren't in Dallas last week because the game was in Minneapolis. So they've, they have no reason to be in Dallas. Number two, he was actually playing at night. So we know he was you know, setting a record in the NFL most receiving yards through three seasons. So he was otherwise occupied. And then he said in Minneapolis, what still doesn't make sense because Justin was playing, not drinking. He may have meant George Jefferson. Like he was eating and watching George <laughs> Jefferson on the TV. 
since after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Daniel Jones ended up with the interception that was called back, so that didn't go against him. Um, and he did, he didn't have awful numbers. What they really want from him, obviously, is to keep the offense moving forward. Uh, they like it when he, they can give him design runs and he can move. Um, but in this particular game, because they were trailing most of the second half, um, and because Dallas is so good at stopping the run, you know they were more they were heavy on the throw later in the game. He did get sacked three times, and here's the stat that jumps out to me: the Giants were a combined three for thirteen on third and fourth down. So that's rough. That's rough. You're in enemy territory. Uh, it's a short work week, and you've got a fierce defense that you're facing. And all you're trying to do is is keep the ball for a little bit longer to give your defense a blow in the second half. And you go three for 13 on third and fourth down. And that does include that fourth and one, their first possession of the second half after Dallas has just held the ball for nearly eight minutes. They finally get it back. And Jones goes behind Barkley on what was a clear first down had he thrown the ball ahead of him, had he led him on the slant as he was slanting toward the sideline. So frustrating for these Giants offensively because they definitely did have opportunities as we heard from Brian Dayball. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it is a tough loss. It's a divisional game and uh, a game where we didn't play, didn't play our best. So uh, that's always disappointing. And uh, you know, like I said, you got to give credit to Dallas. They're a good team, but uh, we didn't do what we needed to do to to win the game. I think um, we weren't good enough on third down. Obviously, that was a huge, huge part of it. Uh, we got to convert more of those. I think we were two and ten, two for ten on the game. So um, got to get better there and. Uh, Got to be able to convert third downs to sustain drives. So uh, I think that was part of it. Meanwhile, for the Cowboys offense, they're feeling good with that second half dominance. And CeeDee Lamb points to the resilience of the team and the way they're able to find different ways to win. We're preaching on resilience. Uh, I feel like that's, that's our motto this year. And then everything about this season has been, you know, revealing itself. So just understanding that we're always coming to battle, ready for whatever, and we got each other's back. Now, interesting, think about adding Odell Beckham Jr. to the mix. He wants to play for a team that has a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. He got a taste of it, obviously. So uh, with one ring and a touchdown catch in that Super Bowl last year with the Rams before he tore his ACL, that's what he's looking for. With the seven touchdowns that he had after joining the Rams, you guys, I said the line was six. All of you took under. I took over. Oh, yeah, I love it when I'm right. He had seven touchdowns in the span of, what, a couple of months because he had a quarterback and a coach that was designing plays for him and a quarterback that could get him the ball. That's certainly Dallas. Could you imagine adding him to the mix? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.